Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Terry Ann Russell. She is author of the book, From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. Terry Ann Russell takes us on a journey of loss, love, and finally acceptance of the death of her treasured son, Anthony Joseph, in her debut book. She leads us on a voyage of self-discovery as she can now understand and feel what her clients have experienced for decades. A multidimensional healer, including channeling Reiki, Theta, and Quantum, Terry Ann works with men, women, and children where she has discovered it always comes back to healing the heart, the pain, and the trauma. Ancestral and generational healing is the key to becoming all that you can be in this lifetime. We can't change others, but we can change ourselves. For more information, you can visit her website, which is sassysoulhealing.com. That's S-A-S-S-Y-S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome uh, Terry Ann to the show. Good day, Terry Ann. Hello. Do we have you there? Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me today and allowing me to share my can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, Hello? I can. Yep. Okay. Now I lost you. Thank okay. you for having me <laughs> okay. today to be able to share my son's words. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is it good? Just keep going. Yep, you're going good. Oh, okay. Um, thank you for having me again and for allowing me to share my son's words of wisdom from the afterlife. Um, it really brings me pleasure to be able to share with everybody uh, what his message is. Yeah, that's right. I enjoyed um, reading your book. Um, Anthony is, um, I mentioned, I think, in, on Facebook that I that he is, uh, it comes across as a very good soul. So I'm looking forward to the chatting about him. But let's go ahead and first start with um, your journey and, and kind of how that began because you have a um, – You've had some experiences, you know, growing up as well, correct? Yes, my journey started a long time ago, even as a child, and I sort of turned those gifts off, if that makes sense. A lot of us have these abilities, and as children, we don't understand them. So I sort of shut them out. I thought I was, um, when I was a child, I actually thought I was making bad things happen, when in reality I was having premonitions or visions about future events. Um, so... From there, I sort of shut it off. And then um, my daughter was born very sick in 2009, and I turned to energy healing to heal her because of so many things. Um, We had been to traditional doctors, and she had bled internally for over three years and had four intestinal surgeries. And, you know, nobody could help her. So I turned to energy healing to help heal her, and she's been four years hospital-free now. Um, So as I began my trek into energy healing, you know, it really opened a whole new world for me. My gifts came back. I was searching for this 
deeper understanding of what life was about and why I was here. You know, at that time, my, my boys were getting older, so it was just my daughter and I. And, you know, I was really looking for that. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Um, so through Reiki, Reiki was the first modality that I learned. Um, my gifts began to reemerge. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey. I call her like the pre-shattering before the shattering when Anthony left because she really prepared me for a lot of that. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I would think going through and successfully having healing results, um, you know, could kind of uh, gave, you made you help you recognize the, you know, the power of that, and then when it came to that next uh, major event uh, with Anthony. So um, let's go ahead and talk now, um, again, it's your son, Anthony Joseph. Um, He's also known as Ant, also known as Butters. (laughs) But um, tell us a a little bit about (laughs) Anthony at Butters. (laughs) Uh, So he got the nickname Butters in the middle school, high school. And Butters, uh, you know, familiar with South Park? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So Butters was a character on South Park, and he was very naive, and he had very strict parents, so that's why he got the name. But Anthony is far from naive. <laughs> um, so that's where Butters came from. And everybody in high school, even his teachers, would write Butters on his paper. He was very personable <laughs> from the time he was very young. I mean, he would meet you at yeah, at three years old. He would come up and say, Robert, nice to meet you. I'm Anthony, and shake your hand. He was just so different than my other children at that time. Um, there was just like a knowing within him. He would tell me things and say things. And he was just such a loving, loving child. And he always wanted to help people. He wanted to change the world. That was his goal, you know, was to change the world and put a smile on people's faces that may not have a smile. So he was very funny. He was an excellent, excellent storyteller. He went to college for communications and journalism um, and he worked as a DJ for a while. So he had a very extensive background in all that I'm doing right now. I explained to people that I'm not a writer, <laughs> but this is a lot mm-hmm. of it is channeled, you know, with Anthony. And so a lot of these are his words. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> it was interesting, um, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, when you were talking about the channeling, it was interesting when, in the, the part of the book when, you, um, you know, put in some, you know, you talk about Anthony's journal and, and some of the entries and that it was, you know, he was basically channeling too. So, I mean, it, it, it's, and that obviously didn't plan out to later, but, you know, the, it, it's just interesting that, um, that, uh, I don't want to say skill, but I mean, that awareness and the, that ability, um, you know, seems to be a, a I would think one of the main probably reasons why you two connected so quickly after his death. Um, so let's talk about what happened. You know, Anthony died at, at the age of 27. So can you t- maybe take us back to that? Uh, I know probably you know, reliving it, you know, um, but, but it, it, it's just important, I think, for people to, you know, to recognize kind of, you know, what happened at that time and, and your feelings about that time. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, it's only been July 16th will be a year. So it's been a short, short amount of time. Um, he was 
actually very healthy. Um, we had just gone away on vacation to Vegas in June. The whole family was together, and he was having fun and laughing, and he never showed any signs of any illness. And then a few days before he passed, we had went to visit him again. I was guided to go up and see him. And I'm, I'm not sure, you know, now I know why, but at the time, and he's like, why are you here? You guys, we've just spent a week together. <laughs> so um, it was a couple days later. He um, had gotten sick. He was vomiting and had a fever. Tuesday, he went to urgent care, and they sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. And that was about 5 o'clock p.m. And by 9 o'clock p.m., he couldn't breathe. He motioned to his roommate to call 911. And when the paramedics arrived, he uh, was still alive, and they tried to resuscitate him. And they could not. Um, So that was about 10 o'clock. And by 2 o'clock in the morning, we had a sheriff knocking on our door, woke my husband and I up and was explaining to us what was going on. And, you know, I tell people, you have to understand this is my child you're talking about. At that point, I was in such shock already. You know, I was passing mm-hmm. out. I couldn't I couldn't get my wherewithal around me. Oh, yeah. um, it was just a horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. So I sort of left my body at that time to protect myself. Um, and I talk about that because, you know, when we go through this immense trauma and pain, we sort of, put ourselves in this little protective bubble to protect us from what's being done to us or what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that time that the officer spent with us, Anthony came right back and he was there with me. I can feel him. I could smell him. And I started yelling that he's here. Oh my God, he's here. And he's yelling back at me and he's like, I'm okay, ma. I'm okay. And it was almost like there was like a glass wall separating us. I couldn't really, I'm not hearing you. If if you're talking to me, that means that you're dead. And I'm not believing that you're dead at this point, you know. So it was very confusing to me what was going on. I was in such shock and such grief at that time. Yeah, that, um, I mean, that's amazing to, um, you know, for, now for the listeners, who may not know your um, what you do now? Um, you know, I mentioned kind of in the um, introduction about about your work. I mean, uh, you do um, you know basically that that kind of uh, energy work, you know, w- with people. So, um, you know, the idea of um, Anthony, you know, you and Anthony connecting after he, you know, just passes, um, you know. One of the things that, um, you know, that seems to be um, more common than not is that, you know, it takes a period of time before someone, um, after someone passes, before there's kind of a communication thing. And so would you mind kind of sharing with us um, Anthony's, you know, the the, um, the time when, you know, that that connection was made after that initial, you know, that, that car, um, uh, that that particular, or the when you were told about it, um, but when when he started coming, you know, coming to you, um, that was rather quick in the scheme of things, wasn't it? It was very quick. Um, you know, I am a medium. I've been doing it for about three years now, professionally, and I've not come across the spirit that had crossed that quickly. And when I asked my coworkers, who was 
been in the business over 30 years, Roz and Ivory. Um, they had only heard of a handful of souls that could come through that quickly. So myself, I was very, you know, astounded how this was a possibility. It was always my understanding when, uh, you know, a, a human crosses mm-hmm. that their spirit needs time to rest and go through this uh, healing process. So for us, it was very quick, and that was the first moment um, when he came in. After that, it seemed to be constant. Um, in the beginning, it was very garbled, like it would come in and out, like a, a CB radio. I, I couldn't really understand what he was saying. Um, I could, If I could get focused and clear, I could hear him better. But it took a lot for me to do because I was so overwhelmed with that grief at that time. And all he wanted to do was to connect with me. And I, you know, being a medium, it's so much different, I explain to people, because, you know, you come in for your session, we do our session, and you leave. You know, I have no really mm-hmm. connection to to you or your loved one. Right. This is my child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is my flesh yeah. and my blood, and I'm, like, not yeah. understanding what's going on. So I had the two, my human and my spiritual at that time, weren't really melded as to what was going on in the, the bigger picture. Yeah, it's, you know, and the, the thing with it, it's a good thing that you were, you know, in you, know, you had your group, your support group and peers um, who are also, you know, in the business and have that experience to be able to kind of help, you know, guide you at, at that particular uh, point in time. Um, so now can you tell us, well, there was one time uh, in, in the book, there was one moment that you talk about being in the shower and then, you know, Anthony kind of coming through, um, uh, I guess with a, as an I, I'm okay, but, but anyway, what I found interesting is when I came across that as I was reading, I just smiled because it seems that so many times um, there's that, that spirit uh, connection happens in the shower. I don't know what it is. but um, That is true. <laughs> yeah. My, so, um, I don't know. My, my dad mm-hmm. experienced a similar experience with his mother, and he saw a vision of his mother, and he was in the shower. It's something about the water being the conduit. For for the spirit, mm. you know, toning out that tuning out that like that white noise and stuff. I that's my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I would I would think that that was, but I have I've had, I mean, through the ten years of doing shows, I mean, it's amazing how many people have had that experience. Because you know, when I talk about inspiration, it's like you know when. When when does it come to you? And it's funny when I get that. But um, anyway, I just wanted that point that out for for listeners, um, who maybe want to kind of you know get that connection, just recognize next time in your shower that could be a good opportunity, um, for you to do that. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Now, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, you mentioned your grief, and um, during I mean there there is uh, one part in your book called the dark enters, um, so. Would you mind sharing with the listeners um, that experience? Because I think that um, I think it's a very common experience. But um, luckily, you you were guided out of that with, with uh, Anthony. So can you tell us a little bit about that dark when that darkness darkness entered? Yeah, it entered right away. My because grief, I explain in the book too, is such a low frequency. And as a light worker and the work that I do, my frequency is very high. So I had not experienced that low frequency energy before. Um, 
it makes when you have that low frequency energy, it makes it easy for dark entities to attach to you, you know, other personalities um, like that to attach to you. So I knew right away that that was not me. I mean, I love my son tremendously and I did not want to be here without him. And I would yell at him and scream that I can't do this without you. And he would come in and he would surround me and enter my body and this love and this peace would fill me. So during the time that the dark was entering, they were very relentless. They, I could hear them taunting me, laughing at me. You know, I would hear thoughts in my head like, just step off the curb. The car will hit you. You'll die. You can be with your son now. But I knew suicide wasn't the way. I knew that suicide would not bring me to my son. There was no guarantee that I would be able to be with him. So I had all these things, mm-hmm. and I was really fighting hard. Um at that time and what people may not understand is you know when those thoughts come in that's not you that's something else and when you're low frequency it's easy for them to get in that's why i talk about the importance of keeping our frequency high um but i had not experienced it to that extent until after anthony had passed so i was in a very dark place you know if i could have left i would have left but I knew that it wasn't me yeah. saying those things. So I, I needed a lot of help. My my soul sisters were wonderful in putting a, a bridge of protection around me. Anthony would tell me that this was my life lesson. He could not intervene, but he could come in and he can help. You know, if I would feel the dark enter, I would start to see like a, a shimmer of light open in my bedroom. And I would feel him come in and try and help me to lift my frequency so that they would not be mm. able to, to take over. Yeah, yeah, you know that's. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that you know every. I'm sure every parent goes through, um, especially losing um, a child you know, early. I mean, you, you know, with only Anthony only being 27, that's very young. Um, but um, yeah, and I think that's an important uh, point, you know, for for listeners too, to recognizing, uh, you know, the. Um, importance of keeping our energy and frequency high. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned you know, about that there were, you know, were times or maybe a point of you, you know, kind of exiting stage right and joining um, Anthony. Now, in, in the book, um, it talks about exit points. Um, and I thought that was um, an interesting, um, you know, idea. Or, so, um, you know, in the fact that, you know, we maybe have these points that we can either choose to exit or not. So can you talk, talk a little bit about exit points and maybe how that um, played into um, you and, and Anthony? Yes, of course. So Anthony actually transitioned on a full moon lunar eclipse, which is very rare. We're actually going to have one coming up this month as well. So the door, the exit for him was perfectly open um, for him to go. And he had told me that he could have went, you know, an exit point is an exact date or time. It's not. It's, it's, it's a range of time. And he told me he could have actually went earlier, but his soul negotiated waiting because we were going on this family trip and everything and that we could all be together um, for the last time. So we have these exit points. We all have exit points when our soul decides um, when we sign our contract while we're in spirit, um, when we're going to exit or when we can possibly exit. Usually a soul has three, four. I've heard of some souls of having as many as 13 exit points. And that's because wow. if, if life on earth gets too hard, 
um, the sole contract can, you know, negotiate to leave. Um, because being a human and being a spirit are two totally different worlds, you know. Um, so those exit points are made while you're in um, a spirit with a team, with a spirit team. I talk a lot extensively about contracts now. He's taught me so much about contracts and how extensive and detailed they can be. And then it's not just you who's involved. You know, Anthony's exit point was a contract for him, but it was also a contract for me to stay behind and to, to, to do my work and to learn my lessons. And because I had taken my own life and another life previously, I found out through a past life regression that it was very important for me to be able to stay here now while going through this grieving process without without mm-hmm. jumping ship, like you said earlier. Wow. Yeah. You know, if, um, yeah, if you recognize, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that uh, exit, if you take the exit ramp, you know, that, um, you know, that, uh, that suicide aspect, I mean, basically what is happening is that the the part of the journey that was kind of in the plan just hasn't been um, realized, you know, so, um, but but I just found it interesting the idea of different exit points and and I I, I can understand you know if, if someone um, contracts an an intense experience you know um, that uh, the desire to have some exit points would be I can see where that would be you know recognizing what what you want to do what you can accomplish in a, a particular lifetime and and recognizing to the limits that um, of that. But speaking of, of right. soul contracts, um, you know, the that was you mentioned that you spend a lot of time um, in the book about that. And now, when you talk about uh, the contracts, is there? Um, and you mentioned that it's really for the other people. But when we come into this incarnation, we have like, don't we have a lot of contracts? I mean, with with different people, um, and that um, it, it's uh, quite a an extent, quite a, a detailed plan that kind of we map out. Is it not? Yes, we have a lot of contracts, oh, vows and contracts that we take um, and we make with many different people. One of those contracts is with my soul sisters as well the Sedona Soul Sisters, I was guided to them one day through uh, meditation at the airport Mesa in Sedona, and I had not heard of them, and I heard go see Roz at Sedona Soul Sisters. So it took me a few weeks, and I made an appointment to go see her, and the second I walked in to see her, she felt this instantaneous connection to me, and I felt one to her, and Mm -hmm. then I met Ivory, and I was like, wow, we were destined to be together. So that piece was put into place before Anthony passed, about a year before he passed, so that they would be able to also help me through this process. So we have soul contracts with many, many different beings, um, and we make those plans, those detailed plans, um, so that we can grow and, you know, achieve the next level of evolution that we need to achieve while we're here. And it can't always be done because we are human, and sometimes, you know, life as a human does get in the way, (laughs) and it can be very heavy and tedious lessons that we're learning. It could be a hard pill to swallow when you hear that Anthony has told me not only did I agree to this contract, but 
Yeah, it it was my idea. So, you know, it's like, why would I, you know, come up with this plan? And through the process, I learned that, you know, it was for me to grow extensively while I was here. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm, like I said in the introduction of you, having experienced personally what, you know, others coming to you for guidance had experienced. I mean, I, I would think that, you know, after um, Anne's uh, passing, that um, your work took on, I guess, maybe, I would think it would take on a just a whole different feel um, with your experience. Did it, did it change? It did. Did it change at all? Mm-hmm. It did, and I actually ended up, yeah, I actually ended up seeing a lot more clients that had lost children that I had never seen before. Mm. Before Anthony passed, like I said, I was doing this about three years, and I maybe only had one client that lost a child. Now I was seeing clients a lot that had lost children. In fact, it wasn't too long after he passed, I was guided to go into the office and I was alone and a woman came in and she wanted a mediumship session. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, my son just passed. It's still very overwhelming for me. It was maybe two or three months he had been transitioned. And I said, I'm really not doing them yet. It's just too much for me to go through. Cause I had my own grief too. That was so intense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, she said, well, can I tell you why I'm here? And I, and I said, why are you here? And she said, I lost my son about, six weeks ago, four or six weeks ago. He was little. I forget how old he was. but um, And he just passed, and I really need to know that he's okay. Mm-hmm. So I did it. <laughs> and yeah. it was it was beautiful and amazing and terrifying and heart-wrenching all at the same time. I was so grateful to be able to give her some solace, um, some, you know, confirmation that her son was okay and what Anthony actually showed me in that session is something he shared with me earlier was that he was helping children cross he showed me that he actually put his hand down and pulled this boy across the veil and he guided her to me I mean when she walked in she's like I don't know why I'm here I didn't come here to do this but I saw your sign and I saw you and I knew I needed to talk to you so all these things Mm -hmm. come into play Mm -hmm. and we have these plans and these contracts and they can be tiny little contracts too that just you know you help somebody along the way in 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 your normal day-to-day life and so that was part of that yeah and to me i mean i'm just when i sit back and think about it you know with the interconnectedness of everything it's just um um to me it's uh it's amazing that it works as well as it does you know it's just um i mean you know, in the scheme of things, you know. The, um, now, we're going to actually take a, a real quick Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we're going to take a quick okay. break, and I do want to invite listeners, if they want to call in with any questions for Terry Ann, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And those of you listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in there. Um, and then when we come back, um, uh, Terry Ann, um, in your book, you talk a, a, a little bit about an oversoul, and I believe it's uh, Zastro. I don't know how to pronounce that right. But anyway, I want to talk about a little bit about that. Okay. Everyone sit tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us 
and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Terry Ann Russell, and we are speaking with her about her new book, From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph, her son. Um, You can find out more by visiting her website, which is sassysoulhealing.com. Okay, so with that, we're back, Terry Ann. Hi, Robert. Now, before we go on, I do want to let um, Facebook um, people, people out there who use Facebook, let them know that um, in, in you're on Facebook, and, and I just happened to notice um, that you're going to have an um, angelversary celebration um, um, regarding um, Anthony's anniversary on July 16th and, and invite people to light a candle at the home and share their posts. And I'm going to do a shameless plug, hashtag remembering butters and hashtag <laughs> from death to life. So anyway, I just thought that that was a, a wonderful thing and I'm sure oh, um, it's going to be real happy with that. So, um, okay. So oversoul, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What, you know, what is it, um, and how does does that have a connection with you and with you and Anthony? So many people have different takes on what an oversoul is, what a soul is, what a twin flame is. Um, I didn't know much about twin flames when Anthony passed. I actually didn't. I've heard the term, but I never really had a desire to find anything out about it. A twin flame is a soul that splits into two. So when Anthony and I decided to come into this incarnation, we were one soul with two, uh, and our soul, Jahashra, um, I was given my soul name a, a while ago, and it, it was Jahashra, and um, Anthony told me that his oversoul's name is also Jahashra, and that's how our twin flame journey sort of began, and, and I totally can sense now where it's going, because what he has shown me is how you know, he shifted and I've shifted this interconnectedness that we have. One aspect of mm-hmm. it is that we are a twin flame. Um, so the oversoul is like the higher self, the, the self that guides you. Um, you know, you can go around um, as a human and make, you know, have free will. I always tell clients, like, 
I can tell you what you're going to have for dinner. I can tell you're going to have chicken for dinner. You can go to dinner and you want a steak. You know, that's what free will (laughs) is. You know, you have your choice, right? You have your choice then to go about your life the way you want it. But the things that are strictly contracted, the oversoul will make sure that those are are played out. And, And they'll make things happen so that they are played out that way, like meeting a soulmate, um, having your children, those sort of things, you know, the things that are really strictly contracted. Yeah. Um, it, it's just very interesting, you know, and, and when I was reading about um, it in your book, the, the one thing I, I kind of flashed to is that, you know, many times um, people who do channeling um, receive information and multiple, and many times it's, it's like we, you know, um, we, blah, 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 you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, to me, it's, it's kind of like the idea of, you know, of an oversoul being, you know, having that um, collection of energy, you know, with like multiple um, iterations, <laughs> you know, under, under its umbrella. Yes, absolutely. It's so interesting. Every time I have a session with him or I meet with him, we go deeper into the rabbit hole, and he tells me things that I've never known before. Well, well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, um, when this all started, did you feel that it was going to be um, as often or as regular? And I mean, even to the point of leading up to um, writing and, and uh, publishing, you know, from death to life? No, not at all. In the beginning, I didn't want to hear from him. I was very upset. I was very mm-hmm. angry that I had agreed to this contract. And, you know, he wasn't with us in the physical anymore, and I could only focus on his loss. And that, for me, that's why the dark could enter and all that stuff happened, is because it was there to show me that I was focusing on this loss of my child. When I truly have my child here with me, he's here with me more now he explained to me than he was in in human life because in human life he was 27 he lived about an hour Mm -hmm. away he worked he had friends you know we saw him occasionally you know every few months but it was much different than now so you know I have him with me at all times um in the beginning no I was not ready for any of that I didn't want any of that he wanted me to write this book and I I told him emphatically no I'm not writing this book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he was very adamant about getting me to do these things and to start to heal myself. And he was constantly with me. He wanted me to know the urgency of this message and, and the time in the world now. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. I never did. Um, the time, what's going on in our world now, how it's shifting and changing, um, there's no better time for this information to come out, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's really important and um and very comforting. Um so now when when it comes time to um do your communication with Anthony, is this a um does it come across as like is it a planned thing or does it um does it come in any time? <laughs> you know, uh does it come it in just like when you need him or yeah. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> yeah, it, it goes back and forth like it normally would in any relationship. Um, when I want to talk to him and ask him questions and get guidance, like for the book, when I was channeling the book, I would go to him, and he gave me a specific way that I share in the book to meet with him where he is. Other times when he wants me to know something, just that he's 
with us, you know, and a little example was we were at my daughter's school one night and they were having like this little, you know, bohemian night, like with poets and drums. And he was like there and, and it was like a little coffee shop. And he's like, this is so cool. I wish I went to a school like this. <laughs> so he can come in at any time, you know, anywhere. Um, he also comes in if it's very urgent that he needs to speak with me and, um, he wants me to to know something, he will come in very strong. Um, so writing the book, he wanted me to, um, during that time I was in such a low state and uh, he wanted me to wake up and, and start doing some aerobic ex- exercise to start moving and stuff. So he would come to me a lot, a lot. Um, since COVID started, I've noticed he hasn't come in as much he still comes in daily but it's mm-hmm. not like as much I'll feel him come in at night before bed whereas before when I was really heavy in the grief process he was there a lot more but he tells me I'm not his only job so <laughs> <laughs> uh, really mom come on <laughs> or mom <laughs> oh goodness um so now um does is the communication, you know, you're talking about basically clear audience conversation or communication there or connection there. Um, are there other ways um, that uh, he he finds to communicate with you? Oh, yes, absolutely. And he communicates also with people that are, are not open. He's reached out to people I've gone to high school with, their dreams. He's reached out to friends and left them like little heart shapes because one of his things that he likes to leave is hearts. So I share that on my Facebook page, my um, Energy Healing with Terry and Russell a lot because it gives people hope to know that they can communicate with us in so many ways. Um, One of the first ways he communicated with me, and I was sort of blown away at this time, um, was early on I had asked him for uh, the letter A in a cloud. Because I figured, you know, if anybody could do it, it's you. I know that you're a strong, <laughs> yeah. spiritual, powerful being, and I want an A in the clouds. And so I was just like, you know, this is what I want. And so a few days later, my husband and I were driving home on 17 in Arizona, and in this cloud is a big cutout A. It was like it was like everybody, somebody took a stamp and cut this A out of the cloud. And I took a picture, and I was blown away. I was like, oh, my gosh. So – from what he's taught me is that spirit can communicate in many different ways. Um, not every spirit can communicate in every way. Um, they are learning about their energy as well, how to play with it. And that's one of the fun parts for him is, is learning how to manipulate the energy and play with it. Um, so they can come in, they can touch you. You may feel tingling on your head or you may get goosebumps or a cold chill. Um, you know, everybody's so different how they uh, are intuitively feel, see, or hear things. So that's how spirit can communicate with everybody differently. But he does share, you know, um, stories. He's, he's showed up in photos. It was, it was just been amazing, amazing journey. Yeah. Well, um, it, it is interesting, you know, that, um, I mean, I think we're, it, it's like any kind of um, skill or awareness that, you know, all of our senses are unique to us. So, you know, whether you know, our, you know, we have that, you know, clairsentient or um, clairvoyant or whatever, um, yeah, we do have different um, senses that are stronger or at least um, maybe more aligned uh, yes. to different frequencies. So um, now um, I understand 
that um, well, tell us how uh, jam and toast, <laughs> Eric and uh, Tyler, and some of brothers. How did um, how did they deal with um, Anthony Passing? So we had butters, jam, and toast, which I thought was really cute. Um, but how did, oh, how did they so deal adorable. with it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he he figured cute. they needed a nickname, too. <laughs> well, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I get the sense that he's all about fairness. And if he was going to rock around old butters <laughs> from uh, the South Park, that the other one we could definitely have to have it. So um, how, how – um, what, what's been their experience um, since Anthony's passing? Um, you know, any connection or how, what about them? How, you know, the siblings? Well, it's really interesting. Um, to, mm-hmm. It's really interesting to watch them. So there's three years between my three boys. Eric is the oldest, Anthony's the middle, Tyler's the youngest boy. And then almost 19 years later, I had my daughter from when I had my first son. So there's a big age gap there. Um, he calls Sophia the nice because she, like, <laughs> threw everything into the mix. Um, but they all grieve so differently, you know, like my parents too. They all grieve so differently. Um, my oldest son has a really hard time. He he works a lot without going into too much detail about it. But he works a lot so that he avoids. Um, but he's, you know, he doesn't believe there's an afterlife. So I don't push no. my mm-hmm. views on him. I have told him, you know, that Anthony has come to me and gave me information that only Anthony would know. And I reiterated that information to him, and he said, well, how would Anthony know that? And I said, I don't know. How would I know that? So he was confirming for me that, yes, it was true, but there's no way that Anthony right. would know that. And I said, well, Anthony knows <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, so it surprise. sort of, you know, helped him to, yeah, surprise. So it sort of helps him to maybe open his eyes a little bit. He's 29, and mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe okay. he's starting to see maybe there is an afterlife. You know, maybe there is really something. Um, Tyler is much more sensitive. Um, he could not even go into the funeral home when we had Anthony's service, and so it's hard to even mention Anthony's name around him um, without him breaking down. They're all very, very close. They have their own contract of their own. Um, but Tyler, in the beginning, he would he would drink a lot, and he he didn't want to even, you know, discuss it. And, mm-hmm. and so now, Anthony left him some signs, and he left him this beautiful, beautiful angel coin. It was huge. It was like a silver dollar size at his office one day at work. And he texts me in the middle of the night, and he's like, "Mom, look what I found at work." And I asked Anthony for a sign, and I found this. And I, do you think it's him? And I was like, "Yes, it's him." You know, so he then he was also able to start to see that Anthony is able to communicate. And I said the same thing I tell my parents is, even though you may not be able to hear him, he can hear you. So, you know, talk to him, mm-hmm. tell him you miss him, say his name. I tell people the importance of this experience with me is like the siblings are forgotten. You know, my daughter's still very young. She's 10 and She'll bring him candy. And my stepdaughter, too, she's 15. We talk about Anthony in the house. And it's funny because my stepdaughter will say, I saw something move in the kitchen last night. Do you think that was Anthony? And I'm like, yes, that was Anthony. He's here. He's watching. He's very protective. So we talk about Anthony being a spirit and that he is their guardian angel. You know, so they think mm-hmm. of sort of process that he's not gone. He's still here. You know, and so from a young age, they're learning, you know, much more about the grief process than they should, but they are learning it. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it's a 
it's just very interesting how um, people, how the, the variety of reactions to death, you know, what happens, um, you know, when, when someone passes on and uh, everything from, you know, the uh, Eric not believing in an afterlife to, you know, you know, asking, you know, you know, Tyler asking if that was a sign, you know, afterlife. It's, um, and the guardian angel. So, I mean, it's, you know, there's, I think that we need to, you know, more books like yours to be able to open up people to, to recognize that it's, um, you know, they're not there physically, but, you know, there is a way to continue on that relationship if you choose to. And the veil's very thin right now, and it's becoming thinner and thinner as we're ascending in our in our process. So the earth is really shifting and changing as well. So the veil's very thin. You know, I believe eventually that we won't need to have a need for mediums, that everybody will be able to communicate with their loved ones in one way or another, whether it's see, feel, or hear them. You know, they'll be able to have their own communication with them. Yeah, boy, can you imagine some of those conversations? <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, um, you know, when, when we, we talked about, you know, mentioned, I think it was an introduction I mentioned about, um, you know, ancestral and generational types of, of trauma and pain and healing. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, if someone you know, doesn't believe in the afterlife. Did, did, did Eric, you know, the idea of having ancestral pain and trauma, you know, within your DNA, I would think that that might be beyond his acceptability range or not. Yes. Eric is very black and white. There's no gray in between. Yes, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's very scientific. Yeah. He needs to have, you know, scientific proof. And I, yeah, I love him right. for who he is, that I don't try to right. push my right. ideas onto him. And when he's ready, you know, I, I've always raised my children like that. I never tried to push my values or ideas onto them. And, and when they were ready to come to me with something, you know, whether it was a relationship or whatever, they would then come to me and say, you know, can I talk to you? This right. happened. But I never tried to make them think one way or the other, you know. I mean, they thought right. it was a little crazy that I, I speak to spirit, <laughs> you know. But, you know, right. now they're seeing you know, that Anthony is there. He's always there. Anthony knows everything. He's guided me everywhere I needed to be. Like I said, I'm not a writer. And he had me write this book, not only write this book, but get it published and out there to the world within less than a year of his passing. That's pretty powerful. Absolutely. I have to mention, too, since you mentioned that, Lisa Hagen books, the one you got your book published with i mm-hmm. love her i love her and her her group she every time I, that i see uh alisa hagan's hagan books a uh, person comes through i, I kind of get a smile because i know it's always going to be a good conversation so um it, it is you know quite an accomplishment to do it you know within a year yes. and um so now what what is next i mean is there going to be volume two or or Tell us what, what's happening right in the, the, the present. <laughs> There's a lot coming down Pike. You know, he can't It's almost like food. He can't tell me the whole big picture at once. It's like food. I need to digest little bits and pieces at a time. So um, he, in a session I had with him, he brought in this world-renowned physicist, Dr. Brenner, who, come to find out, I had never heard of Dr. Brenner. 
you know, I don't know anything about physics. I'm not scientific like my son at all. I don't know anything. I'm very intuitive. I use that side of my brain. So I, um, when I, he told me, I went to the Internet and I looked up Dr. Brenner, and Dr. Brenner was a world-renowned physicist, and he was a uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner, and he does work with DNA. And I was, like, blown out of the water because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what is this? And so what he told me was that we're going to be working with Dr. Brenner and we're going to be working on bringing um, new codes and how you can manipulate your DNA and shift and change and so heal, heal diseases, whether they be mental, physical, spiritual. Again, going back lifetimes, we're able to shift yeah. and change. Um, you talked about that ancestral and generational healing. I do a lot of that work in my past life regression work. And a lot of times it is about changing that, so shifting that DNA. I'm so excited to see what's going to come of that. Um, I just started writing the next book, so I don't know much about it yet. Um, but it's exciting <laughs> to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've often felt, like when you talk about Anthony kind of giving you little bits and pieces, I've, I've often recognized that um, if there were many times that I, I went down the path, you know, that – you know, I thought was, you know, going to go a certain way, and it just certainly did not turn out that way. And then just recognize, well, if, you know, if I knew, <laughs> you know, at that later point what I knew earlier, I wouldn't have done that. You know, so but I, but ultimately, you know, right. it was um, a, it was the proper experience. You know, so um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I can I can totally yeah. understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so, so, and also, you know, when you were talking about the DNA, you know, for so many years, we, um, science thought that, like, your DNA was your DNA, and that was just it, and not recognizing the fact that we can alter our DNA. I mean, we have it within us. I mean, even our emotions can alter DNA. So, I mean, it really, once you rec- go from, you know, it is what it is to it can be changed or altered, you know that that's a whole new. As a matter of fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony brought that guy to you so that you could write about the DNA and that that would be the bridge for Eric <laughs> from uh, from where he is. And that's that scientific <laughs> uh, confirmation that he is looking for. So I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony sent that all up for you. That. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. DNA is so amazing, and there's so much that we don't know about it. And, and, you know, having that DNA, you know, and being able to shift it and manipulate it and and get rid of it, eradicate disease and stuff like that, it would be amazing. So I'm really looking forward to to learning all I can about restructuring our DNA and these new codes that are coming in. You know, our, our children that are coming in, too, now are very sensitive um, so they're very much high-level beings. My daughter is one of them. Um, so they have a lot of knowing in and of itself. I say that, you know, a lot of sensitive children, they're sensitive to foods or smells or sounds. Um, and so they're going to bring in a whole new world as they start to age, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what would you say that you hope um, readers will take away from reading From Death to Life? I really hope that when they read From Death to Life, the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph, that they can see that there is hope that alleviates any fear because we have we're such a fear-based society. 
around death or around spirit coming in. A lot of people think it's evil. Um, you know, I really hope to provide that hope for them that your loved one is still here. They want to communicate with you. They want to connect with you. They're here for the good times and the bad times. They're here to help you and guide you. So I really hope that this book has that message that anyone can connect with, your, you know, your loved ones. You can learn to connect and start to, to work on yourself and heal yourself through that so that you can learn that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's um, I enjoyed reading it, and like I said, you know, I could tell that uh, Anthony is a, is a good soul, you know, and um, and that's um, that's encouraging. You know, it's nice to read about you know that kind of um, you know experience and, and recognize that it's something that anybody can do. So, well, Terry Ann, I really want to thank you for your time today. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you, Robert, so much. It was really a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for allowing me to share my son with you and with the world. It, it really, it, through the writing the book and the healing that came from writing the book, it was very cathartic. And now sharing these experiences, you know, via radio and talk shows, it's really enlightening, and, uh, and it's a pleasure. So thank you. It's my, my pleasure, and, and uh, we're now we're connected on Facebook now, so I'll, I'll be looking forward to following your journey through that connection, and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you as well. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Terry Ann Russell. We have been talking about her book, From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. And again, you can find out more about all that Terry Ann has to offer by visiting her website, which is sassysoulhealing.com. Again, it's sassysoulhealing.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, Our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.